Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to the VRIC Community Podcast. I'm your host, Nye Armstrong. Today's guest is Sabana Dadaboy. She has been homeschooling her kids since her 13-year-old son was in kindergarten. So like seven, eight years maybe. And she founded the Sound Hearts Academy, which is a homeschooling co-op here in Irving, Texas. And they actually meet at the masjid um, twice a week to have a co-op with other homeschoolers in the area. And I thought it was super important to bring her on and talk about homeschooling, what she's learned from it, and what advice she would give to people who are dealing with it for the first time. And I would like to give a heartfelt thank you to Savannah for joining me today. Thank you so much for your time. How's it going with the kids besides sort of like trying to get energy off? Yeah, they've been good. Um, I mean, for us, it's still, you know, like homeschooling is our norm, right? Mm-hmm. So um, in that case, it's been good. Um, we have added a couple of more things in. Um, the kids have taken on cooking days. Oh, so very nice. I only cook twice a week. They're at that age, so that's good. Yeah, Ibi's been cooking for a while, but he had kind of fallen off the bandwagon for a bit because, you know, there were just more commitments and stuff. But um, Iman's been taking it full on, uh, which is great as well. So she does everything from like cutting the chicken, cleaning the chicken, cutting the chicken, and then executing a recipe as well. So that's really good. Yeah, after this call, I'm going to have to talk to you about something. Um, So with... Now we've seen everybody sort of having to manage like a homeschool situation for one to yeah. two weeks now. What would be, uh, and we're seeing there's a lot of pains with the parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those memes, you know. <laughs> what would you say is something that they could do and implement in order to streamline the process for them and also their kids okay so um with that of course um i work as well so i would definitely suggest setting up a schedule okay Mm. a schedule that works for everyone that has flexibility um that you're able to kind of shift things around if they need to be tweaked that day but at the same time i think if you set a schedule and you set expectations with the kids Um, I think it's easier for everyone to work around. Now, like my suggestion on that would be like, depending on your child, um, on their age, and then also their type of nature and their personality, I would set up like per subject or like um, whatever it is that you're teaching them that day or whatever that is that they're learning that day. um, It's set up like maybe 20 to a 45 minute like, time slot for them to do that and I feel like that will help because if you set that for them then they'll know okay I've got to get this done in this time allocation and I think it can also go back to if you set that expectation with them earlier as well that you need to get this done and this is your time frame to do it it's black and white for everybody right that doesn't mean that you don't allow room for um, wiggle space you know and it gives you time to also 
allow them to have like a break or a buffer, you know, just to move, get up and move around a little bit as well. So I do think if you set a schedule for yourself, for me, what works best is like, I work in the mornings, um, usually when they're still kind of getting themselves together. And then once they come down and they're having breakfast and stuff, I focus on their schooling. And then I allocate myself like time in the afternoon once we're done with schooling. Um, now I know not everybody's schedule could work like that if they're working from home. So you have to try and figure out what works best. But I think having a morning discussion and setting up expectations, we tend to have like a quick morning, almost like I guess I'd call it a briefing at breakfast of, okay, these are our tasks for the day. We need to complete X, Y, and Z. And if you get those done, then you can have your free time later. So that way it's, everyone's on the same page. Everyone knows what to do. Doesn't mean like everyone will stick to it, but you know, um, at least those expectations have been set and then we can prompt each other along to get on task. Yeah. What would you say to parents who are, ha- are struggling with their kids sitting in front of a screen for the first time and not being like, directly monitored by a teacher yeah that's always tough um i do find that sitting in front of a monitor and keeping the kids engaged for that long is quite tough so um if there's not a live class going on for them what i would recommend is like you know even with that set up a schedule for your child to do their online classes allow them room to have a break um let them come off the screen, let them, you know, maybe take a walk in the backyard or, you know, just step away and do something different. Even if it's doing like 50 jumping jacks and then just having a moment to breathe, do something like that, but keep checking in with your child as well. Um, just to make sure that they're okay. I would say maybe like every half an hour or so just, you know, stop by to see that they're okay and they're doing okay on the screen as well. Now, like, with, sorry, one second. Sorry, fine. Uh, I'm just trying to see what question you said is not point. Okay. All right. Uh, <clears throat> how do you cope, like, you said scheduling, right? But managing homeschooling kids and the full-time job, like, I know parents that are just so overwhelmed that like they feel like they have to do their job, but also like be physically present with their kids the entire time. And that is not doable. Uh, Especially if you have to get things done, what would you suggest there? Okay. So again, I feel like it goes back to um, those expectations and setting a practical schedule. Now, um, depending on how old your child is, um, you know, if they're younger, yes, they will require to be there a lot more. Um, now, my daughter, who is eight, um, you know, some subjects, what I can do is deliver some material to her, discuss what she needs to do, and then leave her to it. So you, there is that flexibility. And my son, who's um, 13, of course, there's a lot of time where he's actually working by himself. Um, and then there's parts where we obviously work collaboratively and work together to achieve something. But a lot of the time, um, you can give them their instruction and let them know that you're available if they need help. 
or if they want to run something by you um, and then let them kind of get on with something themselves as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> so it's just making sure you have set clear expectations and would you suggest sort of like a reward system happening? So, yeah, um, you know, just as they do in school, um, especially for everyone that's become homeschoolers overnight, I would recommend maybe doing something like that. Um, When the kids are a bit older, I wouldn't necessarily say like a reward system is always effective. For us in our household, what works is, okay, you can have screen time to play your PS4 or, you know, if those expectations aren't met, then maybe you won't get that time allocation or screen time on watching TV or something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Any tips and tricks to keep the kids motivated and involved? Okay. So my tip and tricks to the parents, first and foremost, is to drink a lot of tea. (laughs) And (laughs) secondly, is to make a lot of prayer. Um, because it isn't easy and I understand like a lot of people have come to homeschooling without choosing to do that and I know that is not easy and it's just been sprung upon everyone Um, but my main focus would be to make sure that you discuss things with your kids okay Um, talk about the things that are going on at their level involve them in your daily tasks such as cooking gardening and cleaning as well Um, empower them by having those discussions involve them and listen to them because a lot of the time they will tell you what they want to do and this can go back to setting your expectations because you can actually utilize that to your advantage that okay we're going to take what you would like to do and put it into our expectations that if you're able to complete this then you can have that time to do those things as well But I do think there's a lot of learning that can happen just for them to be around you um, as well as like, you know, um, while you're cooking and stuff as well, they can help with those things. If you're gardening, make it a family affair. You know, um, even though this COVID-19 is horrid, it does give everybody a lot of time to spend together. Um, It does give you an opportunity as a family to reflect as well. And I think those things are really important as well. It is important to also take a step back and let your kids allow, allow your kids to take a step back and, um, you know, understand what's going on as well and let them discuss those things as well, because there is a lot of emotion around it. It is a big change, not only for adults, but for everybody, you know, and it's important that we allow the kids to express how they feel about these things too. Yeah. I think that's one thing that, um, we have to start, um, I guess, checking in with more because as like the stress trickles down, kids are very observant and empathetic and they can understand like something stressful is happening even if they don't watch the news. They can tell through the parents' sort of demeanor, behavior, conversation. So it's really good if your kid is acting out a lot, it might be tied to stress yeah I agree felt from the parent definitely 
And it's also a change, like it's a huge change for the kids, right? I mean, especially if your child goes to school or they have certain activities that they do on a regular basis. For my kids, we um, have a homeschool co-op, we meet twice a week. So they're seeing their friends, they have Quran classes. Now all those things like literally overnight have been changed. And, And I think that's across the board for everybody, you know? And for children that do enjoy that social space or, you know, it might not even be that they're a social child, but just having that routine taken away from you, it is a big change. And I do think that we need to, we need to address that and allow that space for the children to express themselves as well. Mm -hmm. What resources would you recommend for people who need extra help? So there's so many resources. Um, there's like a bunch, you know, and there's so many classes and things being offered online. Um, inshallah, I can go ahead and share that list with you and you can um, link it. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, I know that there's so many museums that have a virtual tour, like Disney, you can go on their rides. Like there's so many interesting and cool things that are now being opened up virtually. Um for people right now it's it's quite fascinating (laughs) it is um i mean there's always something to be grateful for right like so i do think it is an opportunity to be grateful for um having the internet and having access to these things as well you know yeah um what made you sort of initially choose homeschooling and then also sticking with it so to be honest, um, I, we had always thought that we would homeschool our kids when they're in high school. Um, my husband had gone through high school here. I grew up in England, so it was a little bit different for me. However, um, he had gone through high school here and he was like, no, nah, I don't think we want, I want to send our kids to high school. I was like, okay, sure, no problem. But um, we had enrolled my son in um, the school near us when it was time for him to go to kindergarten. And subhanAllah, like one week before he was actually supposed to start, like something just didn't feel right in my heart. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like, you know, um, I don't think I can go through with this. And I had obviously expressed it to my husband and he was like, oh, I'll be fine. And then as he heard me say more and more, he was like, okay. And then it so happened that um, at that time, my mother-in-law found an article in the newspaper to say that there was a school that was excelling and they were offering an independent study program. And so we went to the open evening for that and we were quite impressed. And so that's where our homeschooling journey actually began. It began with a school um, that had an independent study program. And to be honest, I think that was a great place for us to start because I wasn't familiar with the American schooling system. So it was great for me to kind of be under um, the shadow of a teacher. Mm-hmm. That it sort of like gently brought you into that environment. Exactly, it eased us in, so to say. Yeah. And you mentioned before homeschooling co-op, what exactly is that? So a homeschooling co-op is a bunch of mums, or it could be dads, or a mixture of both, um, that pull together to teach um, their kids different subjects, or it could be one subject. In our case, we actually run a homeschool co-op, Sound Hearts Academy from VRIC, um, and we have about 23 families 
um, that come along, all from different areas of within the DFW. Um, and what we do, the moms each have, of course, God's give everyone different talents. So what we try and do, we try and utilize those talents that um, people have been given. And we try to um, utilize those mums in those fields that they excel in or that they're passionate about. Mm-hmm. And they offer those classes to the kids. Um, and then we come together for different activities. We have field trips. We're basically like an extended family unit yeah it's really it's really fun to it's (laughs) it's fun to see all the kids get together and that's like one thing um when I was growing up you were homeschooled you were so socially distant from your peers that you became like some kind of weirdo a little bit (laughs) but now like you see the kids and there's no social distancing from their peers you know, for um, their homeschooling, they really are uh, meshed well, and they're they're not like that awkward homeschooling thing from the eighties. <laughs> Thank you for breaking stereotypes today, Nod. <laughs> well, you know, I do it again. <laughs> uh, how do you? One other thing is, I know we touched upon it with schedules and setting expectations. But how do you set boundaries for yourself and your kids so that you can remain sane and reasonable? (laughs) So I think that's always tough because first and foremost, you're always a parent, right? And I think, you know, I think it's important to have that respect Mm -hmm. of the parent first, because regardless, you are the parent first. Um, But Um, I do let my kids know when I need a moment and I'll just let them know that I'm going to be doing X, Y, and Z now. So I need some alone time. That doesn't mean that it always happens. So, you know, that's me putting a disclaimer out there, guys. But um, I think, you know, if you set that expectation, again, it goes back to those expectations, right? Um, That if you set those um, and let your kids know that you will need some time, because this will be um, sanity for everybody. If you have your moments of sanity, then it makes the whole family unit a healthier place, right? Mm -hmm. So I think if you let them know that, okay, you will need this time alone, I think it's only fair that you allow, that they allow that as well, you know, and that you're going to, you know, reciprocate that when they would like some time as well, when they have their free time, that could be your um, alone time as well. Yeah. I was reading a psychologist, forget what book it was, but they were saying that the most important relationship in a household is actually the parents because everything that they are and become and radiates out and like ripples. Right. So like marry you, right? Yeah, exactly. And like, if your whole entire day and world revolves around a child, that's unstable. Like it's like a wobbly present. So I think if you really set up your boundaries, so you're like, this is my me time. This is my, this is a we time between you and your husband. And then this is us time between 
you, your husband, and your whole family. Um, I think that uh, that just that just shows sort of like a healthy balance. And yeah, yeah. And it shows them that you're also taking care of yourself. You're nurturing yourself as well because everybody needs something to do for themselves as well. So I have to give a shout out to the Variety Book Club because the kids know that's my like sanity. Yeah. (laughs) And that keeps me um, going. Like even outside of this current situation, that is like my thing that I do on a weekly basis. And um that just fulfills me and it keeps me going and I'm having an outlet with social, uh, with adult interaction as well, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's needed. It is so needed now that everybody's on top of each other, essentially. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I know it's super busy, but <laughs> it, I think this information is desperately needed. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm more than willing to help anyone. I will share um, some info. I will send you some links that if anyone would like to reach out and discuss anything about homeschooling um, on a personal level, they're more than welcome to reach out to me. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sabana. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, no. (laughs) The appreciation is 100% on my side. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Take care.